To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. Hi, this is Rose Cushing, host of Carolina Writers Speak podcast, a literary podcast for authors in North Carolina and South Carolina. We're very excited today that our guest is Oakley Baldwin. And Oakley has a TV show and about 25 or 28 books out on the market, so it's going to be a very interesting conversation. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me, Rose. I really appreciate you being here. So tell us a little bit about you. Well, my wife and I have 26 books. We're working on number 27. Our books are available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Walmart, uh, Lulu, any place that you can order a book, you can always ask for it too. Mm-hmm. But I'm a retired Wake County Deputy Sheriff, 34 years in law enforcement, a retired Chief Warrant Officer with the United States Coast Guard Reserve. Nice. So uh, in 2014, when I retired, I told my wife, I said, honey, why don't you write that story about that uh, gas station that we purchased when we first got married? And she said, well, you know, I remember some of it, but you lived it more than I did, so why don't you write it? Well, I never thought about writing a book until then. So I said, you're right. I, wrote, I went ahead and wrote the book with her assistance, and we put it out. It's called Devil's Ground. Mm-hmm. So many different circumstances, unfortunate circumstances and, and events, that we just wanted to get this story told. Well, that book really jumped and it popped and people started writing us saying, when's your next book coming out? We actually didn't really have a next book. Right. Right. So what was the next one that you did? Well, when my mother passed away, we got her family Bible. And in that Bible, she had uh, probably 20 or 30 stories, handwritten stories. And I thought this would make a wonderful memorial book to her in memory of. So we published her writings and called it Laura's Stories. And that book actually um, made number 11 bestseller on Amazon nice. in Death and Grief. Okay. That's really good. I love your resourcefulness for finding stories. So when you were doing your first book, for a minute, we'll go back to that one. What was your biggest obstacle in getting that out into the world? Did you self-publish that or go through a traditional publisher? Self-publishing. Okay. I'm a firm believer in self-publishing. I wasn't going to take the time to try to run it through a publisher. I know that can be very uh, time-consuming. Okay. And I didn't think it would really start off the way it did, but it actually really jumped and popped. And it got picked up by the radio station up in Beckley, West Virginia. They wanted copies to give out for 
um, you know, their gifts mm -hmm. and storytelling on the radio. Wow. That's, that's really a cool thing. You know, I, I love that you're a storyteller and a folklorist because that's a lost art nowadays. I, I consider myself uh, a folklorist over a writer. Mm -hmm. My wife is a much better writer than I am. So she's the author writer in the group and I'm the storyteller and folklorist in the group because I love history too. Sure, sure. So tell us about some more of your books. Well, the, the book that's most relevant to this Wake County and, and Johnston County and Wayne County would be our Heirs of Camelot book. And that was the um, 1961 accident involving two nuclear weapons that fell from the sky when the B-52 bomber actually uh, collapsed on itself and fell from 10,000 feet. Right. I remember that. Yeah. It was, it's a really wild and a scary story. Mm -hmm. uh, we just don't realize, a lot of people don't realize how close we came to having two nukes go off here in North Carolina. Wow. I, I know, you know, it's funny, I, I go down to um, Shackleford Banks and I can just see that little German subs out there, you know, and there used to be a military watch station there on the island. So, mm -hmm. so much history here. It's just crazy. It really is. And with me being in the Coast Guard, mm -hmm. uh, all up and down the North Carolina coast, and then being in law enforcement, 12 hours a day in a cruiser, going from site to site, um, you know, checking it. And the slow times I got to check on the historical sites that I was always interested in. Mm -hmm. And knowing these things from back in the early 80s and now being in a position in my life to actually go back and retrace them and then try to restore it and not lose that history. Mm -hmm. I know that you've written a lot of things about um, murders and, uh, and cases of suspense. So tell me a little bit about those books. Well, the book that I'm actually writing now is called Mayhem on the Mountain. Okay. And it was my first murder. I know that sounds kind of funny. Yeah. But it was the first <laughs> murder that I was involved with as a young state trooper in West Virginia. Okay. So that's the true crime and thriller book that um, I should have that out maybe next month. Nice. Um, unfortunately, being in law enforcement for 34 years, you see a lot of crime and a lot of mayhem and a lot of uh, homicide and suicide and that type of thing. Sure, and I guess you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can really talk about them too, so. Yeah, you do, and you need to wait, and I think 40 years is probably good. Yeah, I think that's long enough, for sure. What's your best-selling book? Actually, um, Lore Stories mm -hmm. is at the top, and I do a, uh, I have a book called Pocahontas to Benjamin Bowling. Mm -hmm. And that's Pocahontas' true story, not the Disney version. Right. Plus my wife's and my DNA connections to Pocahontas. Every month, those two books are always at the top of the, of the board as far as sales. That is so cool. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about Pocahontas. Well, Pocahontas was born in what is now Virginia mm -hmm. in around 1595. And she lived until 1617. But she married um, Captain Thomas Roth. In 1614, and then in 1615, she had a son, and they named him Thomas Roth. They took a trip to England, and she was treated like royalty mm -hmm. because her father was the chief um, Powhatan of Virginia, mm -hmm. and he had many warriors. They estimate up to 25,000 warriors that that he had under his command. Wow. And if it wasn't for Pocahontas as a young girl, the Jamestown settlement in 1607 would have not flourished mm -hmm. because they had what was called the starving period in 1608 and 1609 where the, 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 the European settlers 
the Englishmen at the time, we, they weren't Americans. They actually nearly starved to death, but she would actually bring food to them and feed them. Wow. And they would trade out uh, furs and different um, uh, metals and axes and hammers and those type of things for food. That is amazing. I remember a little bit of it from my history books, but it's been too long ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what a great story. I, that, that would be interesting to read. So all of your books that you have, which one is your favorite? You know, I get asked that everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. And I, I really don't know that I have a favorite. I have three or four that I like a little more than the rest of them. Um, so it'd be hard for me to say which one I like the best. I, I really, I, I'm even, I'm, right now I'm searching in the back of my database and in the depths of my mind, and I can't think of one that I would say comes to the top. You know, my mother's stories that my wife and I wrote for her mm -hmm. um, always touches my heart whenever I read that because I had um, such a good relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. uh, I think so. If I had to pick one and get nailed down, probably Laura's stories. Okay. I was just sitting here thinking, what a, what a dumb, redundant question, because if they weren't good stories, you wouldn't have time to write books. So forgive me for that. <laughs> well, I like, I like history, and I have a lot of heathens in my family. Mm -hmm. So they're good, wild stories to write about. Yeah. Six of my books are about moonshiners in yeah. my family. Uh, one is actually counterfeiting coins. He made silver coins from... The family lore is from the lost Jonathan Swift's mines up, wow. in, up in the Appalachian Mountains. Yeah. So, you know, those type of uh, family members were really uh, big characters 100, 200 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they had a lot of history that got passed down. Uh, some of it is documented, some of it folklore, of course. Mm -hmm. But having those type of family members up above you a few generations, we love ancestry. So that really fits into what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, sounds like it. And it sounds like that all the books are kind of tied together in some way, even if it's just the commonality of the type of story. It is, and they're all my family stories. Currently, every story that we have mm -hmm. is a true, as far as you can go back up all the sure. years and be true, right? family connections. And we haven't even got the Dorsons family yet. Wow, that's so cool. So you're originally from West Virginia? I was actually, um, my father was in military. He's from McDowell County, West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I was born on a military base uh, in Fort Dix, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And then when he retired from the military, he moved the family back to West Virginia. Okay. So I finished up high school, and Doris was born and raised in Beckley, West Virginia. And that's where I met her in high school. Mm -hmm. So we've been dating and been married since, um, right, three months out of, actually, not even three months, maybe one and a half month out of high school we got married nice so we we've been together for 47 years now well it sounds like you're a lot like my husband and i we, we work very well together a lot of people can't work with their spouses but it looks like it's been a nice blend and harmonious relationship she's easy to work with yeah yeah my husband is too he lets me be the boss and that works really well yeah that does <laughs> sometimes you do have to do that it's yeah. true very true tell I, me i heard that one time that this uh, man said, I wear the pants in the family, and then his wife said, yes, but I pick out the pants that you wear. This is true. This is very true. And then we we divvy up work, so if Rod, like for a long time we made jewelry, and if Rodney and I were doing a jewelry show, he did all the metalsmithing and the gem setting, and I did all the design and all the customers, so we didn't fight. So that, that helped a whole lot. <laughs> it really does. Definitely. It's really good to have different assignments. Doris will help with the research some, and I'll, while I'm writing, and then while she's doing some of the editing, I'll do some of the research. So it's back and forth. Yeah. And it's good to have somebody to bounce things off of, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Now tell me a little bit about Free as a Bird because that's so intriguing. I grew up in that era. It starts off as I'm probably four years old mm -hmm. back in the early 1960s. And you could actually leave your house in just your shorts. Yeah. And underwear was optional. Yeah. There wasn't any shoes required, socks. You didn't carry a, a radio or you didn't carry a, a pager. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a cell phone. You didn't have the internet. So coming home at lunch was an option. You could actually stay outside until it got dark. Sure. So that once, porch light came on. That's right. Or what I call the lightning bugs. Mm -hmm. If the lightning bugs started flickering, you better start running towards the house. You're right. I remember that well. So it, it, I, I have a collection of, of my stories growing up, some things that I had gotten into because I had a little too much leeway. Mm -hmm. And then I get into the later 60s where we actually had a change in our society you can look at the, the group, rock and roll group, the Beatles, mm -hmm. when they first came over on six, in 1964 on the Ed Sullivan Show. Mm -hmm. They were clean cut. They had suits on with ties. Mm -hmm. And then by 1967, they had long hair, beards, and what we called hippie clothing at that mm -hmm. time. So it was almost the 1960s was almost like two separate um, generations that molded into one. Mm -hmm. And then in 1969, of course, we landed a man on the moon. Right. So all this different technology... I discussed the free love and the, the music. Mm -hmm. And in, this book is actually interaction with the reader. I ask him to stop at certain points and actually listen to the music of that of that particular time. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gets the, the reader to feel a lot also with um, the words that I'm writing of the, of the century. Sure. So much changed in that era. I mean, psychedelic music was a description that it comes to mind. And, and art and everything just burst wide open. So It sure did. It, and it was a... It was a, a wild time in that it was tumultuous and change and very different. And, uh, and the crazy. age of Aquarius. For sure, for right. sure. Definitely. So I'm anxious to read that one for sure. All of them sound intriguing, though. Um, and tell me a little bit about your TV show. I, I um, About once a month, I get up with uh, Channel 22 East Wake TV and I'll do a historical find or a forgotten um, graveyard that I know about from, from my early researching back in the uh, early 1980s for the first settlers into Wake County and even Johnston County, mm -hmm. like the Smith family that Smithfield's named after. Right. Most of these um, early settlers that came in from Bath, uh, from the coast, came up the Noose River on rafts. A lot of people today, if you think about it, mm -hmm. that almost sounds uh, just crazy. All right. But in Wake County, when they left, they were here in Johnston County first, and they came up the Noose River, and they actually stopped at where what is now Pool Road mm -hmm. on the Noose River, and started coming up Pool Road, up towards Hodge Road, and settled. Mm -hmm. So those were your first, other than uh, some indigenous people that were, this was the hunting grounds for them. And they had all the game that they wanted with the bear and the turkey and the rabbits, and they started to clear the land, and then farm, and then they grew from there. Okay. That, that's really interesting. I, I love history as well, so what a, what a cool job. Mm -hmm. So where are your books available? We have them available at 12 different gift stores, and fortunately, or unfortunately for me, they're in Virginia, West Virginia, and, you know, Tennessee, um, so it's a little bit of a drive. Mm -hmm. But we have them on Amazon, mm -hmm. Barnes & Noble, Walmart, anywhere, any library um, can ask, and can, you can ask, and they can order it for you at the library. Okay. 
Very nice. And if people can follow your, your books and your stuff, how, how can they reach you? The best way, if they want to go to Amazon and type in my full name, which is Oakley Dean Baldwin, and all of our books will pop up. And I actually have a website that they can come to an author website and they can um, they can leave me a message uh, on my email there. Mm -hmm. They can look us up on Facebook under Doris Baldwin, my wife. Mm -hmm. And then we have another Facebook group called The Baldwin Stories. Okay. And that also has all our books on it. All right. Sounds good. Well, I really appreciate you taking a few minutes to talk with me tonight. And I look forward to working with you. And for everybody out there listening, Oakley and his wife are going to be teaching our first writer series workshop February 25th in Selma, North Carolina. And if you want more information about that, look at triangleeastwriters.com. Thanks a lot. And thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for?